there is a subject and topic of discussion that has been going around Christendom for the last few years. And it's one word, deconstruction. Here's the definition. To examine something, such as a theory or doctrine, in order to expose any misconceptions or flaws. And I would add a side B to that definition. Because while we expose falsehoods or misconceptions, at the same time, we are revealing truth. We're going to talk about it on this episode of Flipping Pages. Brothers and sisters, we want you to continue to lend us your amens. Let's have a good time for the Lord. Hey, wait a minute. What's that? Don't tell me that's the Bible. Bible. There you go with the Bible again. Always with that Bible. You want some Bible? I'll give you some Bible. I need both hands free to preach some gospel into your heart. You have to take your time and get in the book and obey the book and walk according to the book so nobody can come along with a lie that sounds right and take you out the book. Different pages. Mercy, grace, and peace to you, my kingdom people. I am Pastor Elliot. I am your preacher in the booth, bringing you the truth. And you are tuned in to your favorite podcast. That's right, Flipping Pages, the podcast, where we all about expelling all misconceptions of Christianity. And the way we do that is with and through biblical truth. So, You've heard the word bouncing around. You've heard, you know, well-known pastors and Christians and people talking about deconstruction. So today we're going to talk about it. What it is, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just what this thing is all about. Now, I understand some of y'all may be saying, well, Pastor Elliot, I've never heard of the term deconstruction. You know, I was talking with someone the other day and I mentioned it to them and they was like, no, I haven't heard of that. What is that? Well, trust me, this is something that's coming to a congregation near you. And it's something that we as the body of Christ need to be aware of and concerned about. Because even though it may be something that's new to you, the concept of it is is not new. It is something that has been around since the beginning of time, if you can believe that. But I'm gonna show you, and you know how I'm gonna show you, we gonna flip some pages and we gonna gonna dive into the word of God and we gonna look at this thing. But this is something that's not new. And that's one thing that the enemy does because we, we all know what the word says that there's nothing new under the sun. And the enemy, he has no new tricks. He has no new lies or, or, or schemes. He just kind of repackages, <laughs> you know, the old things that he's, he's always been using. He just comes at us with a, a different way or with a different angle, but it's the same old stuff. And it's the same with this whole deconstruction thing. But before we get into it, y'all know how we do it here. We always got to go to the Lord in prayer. So let's invite the Holy Spirit 
to come and lead and guide us into all truth. Father, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, Lord God, and we pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the hope which you've called us to. Father, we thank you that your word is truth. Your word is a light unto our pathway and a lamp unto our feet. And by your word, Lord God, we have full assurance in knowing that it has been inspired by you. It, it, it brings correction. It brings uh, reproof, righteous living. And Father, we just hide your word in our hearts so that we will not sin against it, but that we can follow your precepts, Lord God, and everything that you have commanded us. Father, we want to be obedient, to be doers of your word, and not just hearers alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, as old boy Brandon Tatum would say, let's get into this. Let's talk about this deconstruction thing. Well, let's define the word deconstruction. It's a compound word with the prefix D and the root word construction or construct. Now to construct means to build or create, invent. But whenever you place the prefix D before a word, it means the opposite. So to deconstruct means to not create, but to tear down, not to uh, build up, but to destroy. So in other words, if someone is deconstructing their faith, that's not a good thing. That's not something that we want to be doing as followers of Christ. We shouldn't be looking to tear down or to destroy our faith, but we should be looking to build it up, to uh, exalt it, to strengthen <laughs> our faith in Christ. Now, let's look at uh, what Wikipedia says about faith deconstruction or the deconstruction movement. It says, deconstruction is a phenomenon within American evangelicalism in which Christians rethink their faith and beliefs, sometimes to the point of no longer identifying as Christians. It is closely related to the evangelical movement. Now, I never even heard of that one. The evangelical movement. Okay, it says the term can have a range of meanings. Alisa Childress defines deconstruction as the process of systematically dissectioning or often rejecting beliefs that you grew up with. John Stone Street and Timothy Padgett notes that it is used both descriptively and or prescriptively. After preaching a sermon in which equating deconstruction with leaving the faith, Matt Chandler clarified that it doesn't mean doubt or theological wrestle or struggling through Christian hurt. John Cooper has stated, it is time that we declare war against this deconstruction Christian movement. There is nothing Christian about it. It's a false religion. Tyler Huckabee argues that it can result in deconversion or in your faith looking more or less than the same it has always did, but most often is somewhere in between. 
Huckabee goes on to suggest that Martin Luther's own theological revolution would fit into what researchers would call today deconstruction. Now, I would disagree with that last statement because what Martin Luther's reform revolution was all about was getting back to biblical truth and getting away from Catholicism, which is not Christianity, but that's a whole nother story. But let's continue. Now, that's what Wikipedia has to say about it, but let's break this thing down in layman's terms because people all over really have been embracing this deconstruction movement. I mean, well-known pastors to Christian artists. You know, I talked about on a previous episode, Brady, uh, AKA fanatic of the Christian hip hop group, the cross movement, how he came out and denounced his faith, deconstructed his faith. The guy who used to be with DC Talk, Kevin Mack, he came out and deconstructed his faith and just you know, a whole lot of people are really embracing this thing. And what I want to do today is I'm, I actually want to play some clips of some well-known, well, of a well-known uh, minister who has come out the past couple of years and really has just embraced this thing and he is preaching it and teaching it and calling it a new gospel of inclusion. And if any of y'all are familiar with that term, you know who I'm talking about, and that is Colton Pearson, the old Pentecostal preacher. And I mean, this guy been preaching since he was probably six, seven years old, and he is in his 60s now, but he has come out and he has embraced this whole other gospel, and he's calling it the gospel of inclusion. Really, it's no new gospel at all. Really, it's just universalism with a new name. Just like I said before, the enemy has no new tricks or lies or whatever. He just kind of repackages what he has and puts it out there again. So it's really nothing new. It's really just universalism just with a new name on it. But we're going to talk about it today, and we're going to look at some of the things that they are saying about this deconstruction, because this is something that we as the body of Christ, we need to be aware of this, because the word of God says that we are not ignorant, and we are not unaware of the enemy's schemes and devices. And this is one of the things that the enemy is using in these last days that we're living in today to shipwreck the faith of a lot of folk. So, before we get to these clips that I was telling you about, let's flip some pages. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, and I'm gonna be reading in the New Living Translation today. But we're in Acts chapter 20, and I'm gonna start reading at the 27th verse. And this is Paul. This is Paul encouraging the elders and the pastors at the church in Ephesus. This was right before he went to Jerusalem and suffered everything that he had to suffer uh, for the faith. He gathered all of the elders and the leaders and pastors, and he had some, some things that he wanted to pour into them and share with them. And this is what he said in verse 27. It says, for I did not shrink 
from declaring all that God wanted you to know. Verse 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. He says, feed and shepherds God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Paul says, I know that false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Verse 30, even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Which is exactly what's happening today. Well-known preachers, uh, uh, gospel artists, and different people, even our own family members and friends that was once a part of the church are leaving the church, abandoning their faith and adopting uh, these new teachings. Now let's continue to read. He says, watch out. Remember three years I was with you. My constant watch and care over you night and day and my many tears for you. Verse 32. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. So here we see Paul starts off admonishing and encouraging the brethren, telling them to uh, shepherd the flock, allow the Holy Spirit who have appointed you as leaders to feed the sheep. But then he goes on to warn them that there will be false teachers, that there will be people that would rise up from among them that will begin to teach falsehoods simply to draw a following to themselves. And this is what is happening with this whole deconstruction movement. And Mr. Pearson and others are prime examples of exactly the kind of people that Paul was warning the brothers at Ephesus about. So like I say, this is nothing new. It's been going on since the first century. And even, we're going to flip some more pages and see that it's been going on since the beginning of this thing. Since the beginning of time. But let's flip some more pages. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. You know, I'm just kind of laying a foundation before we get into these clips. Because I really want you to, to, to see and understand what these people are saying and where they're coming from. And if you do not have a biblical worldview on the situation, you can be deceived and led astray. Even as Paul uh, uh, encouraged the church at Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, man, I am afraid that y'all are being uh, led astray and drawn away, even as Eve was deceived by the cunning lies and deception of the serpent in the garden. And that's what I mean when I say that this thing has been going on since the beginning of time. We're going to look at it. We're going to see it. 
But but let's go here in First Timothy chapter four, and I'm gonna start reading at verse one. And for the sake of time, you can go back for yourself and read this whole chapter. But I'm gonna kind of skip through it a little bit for the sake of time. But this is what it says here in verse one. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times or the end times, some will turn away from the true faith and they will begin to follow spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, meaning the people that are teaching these deceptive and, and teachings of demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Now drop down to verse six. It says, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, to the kingdom people that's tuning in to flipping pages, <laughs> it says, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teachings that you have followed. You see, there are some good teaching out there. And guess what, folks? There was some bad teaching out there as well. There's some teachings out there that come straight <laughs> from the enemy himself. Teachings that sound good, they sound nice, but really, they're lies and deceptions. Verse 7. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wise tales. Instead, train yourselves to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Verse 9. This is a trustworthy saying. In other words, I'm saying you can trust this. You can bank on this. Verse 10. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Verse 11, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Now look at verse 16 all the way down to the end of the chapter. It says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. So we see, even in the first century, Paul had foresight, he had insight from the Holy Spirit that these things will happen not just in his day, but even in our day. And he warned us, he warned Timothy, he warned us to guard ourselves, to beware and understand that they will be those that will begin to preach falsehoods, deceptions, teachings of demons. But Paul said, man, if you would just maintain, if you would, would hold tight, would hold firm, to what I've taught you in the beginning. Paul says that man, not only would you uh, uh, protect your own salvation, but also the salvation of those who hear you. 
And this is what this thing is all about. Because this deconstruction movement is destroying the faith of those that fall prey to it. And this is why we have to expose this thing. Now, what I want to do is I want to play some of these clips. And this is, let me just set the stage. This is Colton Pearson. He has a, a podcast, a platform, social media, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is. I, I don't really know the, the, the title of it. If you want to go and look it up, you can do so. But he is talking to this young lady. Uh, I think her name is Vanessa Brooks. And this young lady, she pastored a couple of churches. She, she has professed to being a pastor and an evangelist and an apostle. And she just had all of these titles and everything. But she has since come out and embraced this whole gospel of inclusion that Pearson is teaching. And now she is preaching this whole new gospel. So when we come back from the break, we're going to get into clip one. We'll be right back. We are back from the break. Let me just take this time to thank everyone for tuning in today. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends, your family members, your co-workers, your enemies, because we all need biblical truth, especially in the times that we're living in today. So uh, uh, thank you, wherever you're listening at, in the UK, in Germany, in Russia, thank you for tuning in with us today and flipping some pages. Well, let's get into these clips. Like I said before, this is Carlton Pearson, and he is uh, interviewing this young lady. I think the lady's name is Vanessa Brooks, and they are talking about the subject of deconstruction. So let's get into clip one. Now, let me tell those of you listening, we have a goal, if you will, to deconstruct evangelical Christianity. We, we know we're upsetting some people and that's part of the intention. We have to shake your mind because you are cult followers, which all of us are cult followers of Jesus. Cult is the root word of culture. So I'm not criticizing that, but I am observing the fact that I am still going through, as I'm sure you are, Vanessa, we're going through this uh, layers and layers of peeling off the stuff so we can be free. Because we don't really know what freedom is. And we're getting the reproach of the pioneers to say what we're saying and to, to say it with boldness. And so those who are online, on whether it's YouTube or Instagram, that are arguing, I understand you, your argument is valid. And I argued with me, as I'm sure Vanessa did. Uh -huh. But we're just telling you that you something nothing wrong with your brain if you can't at least open up and repent, which means rethink, reconsider what you believe and why you believe it, how those beliefs add to or subtract from the quality of your life. Cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts or inconsistent beliefs or attitudes, especially relating to behavioral um, decisions or disorders, if you will, and um, an attitude change. So we're asking you to reconsider. Just listen and reconsider. Don't argue yet. Argue with yourself. But just listen and then give it some thought. Six years ago, there was no way you could have convinced me that I would be here today. 
this is not something that I chose. As much as I love God, as much as I love serving God and God's people, this is not something that I asked for. Um, but deconstruction, is, which is kind of the buzzword we call this, this whole process of examining our faith, um, it is the, it's honestly, it is the best way to get closer to God, y'all. I agree. It is the, it, I have never felt so loved and so close and so safe since being on this journey. And I and I, I just wish more people would, because I said to God, and when I started this journey, I said, listen, I talked to Jesus. I said, come here, Jesus, let me talk to you real quick. I need a year. I need a year without you. Now, the people who knew me, I was a Jesus girl. I was a Jesus girl, <laughs> tongue-talking Jesus girl. Yeah. But I said to Jesus, I need to close my Bible for a year, and I need... I need to I need to have some time to myself. In mm -hmm. fact, Jesus even told the disciples, I must go away because if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. Right. right? But we won't let him go away. We won't let him go away. We keep holding on to him. And that's why a lot of people haven't experienced what we've experienced. And I know that probably sounds bad, but so and that was the that was the, the verse that came back to my remembrance. And so I, I let Jesus go for a year. So the comforter could come. The spirit of truth. Yes. That you're not going to get in the Bible. Those, that's the truth of those people who experience that. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Did you hear what she just said? She said, she told Jesus, I got to let you go. <laughs> I got to let you go for a year. So she closed her Bible. She closed her Bible. But yet and still... <laughs> She's using her Bible to try to discredit the Bible. Now, what is this? You can't have your cake and eat it too. If you close your Bible, she said that she said this is something that you're not gonna get from the Bible. But yet still, you quoting scriptures from the Bible. But this is the deception of the enemy. The word says there's nothing new under the sun. And just like Paul encouraged the church at Corinth, he said that I am concerned, I'm fearful that the enemy is gonna come in and deceive you just like he did Eve and lead you away from your sincere devotion to the faith. And how does he do that? He does that by getting us to question the word of God. Exactly what he did to Adam and Eve. He came to him and said, did God really say? He questioned the word of God. Same thing he did when he tempted Jesus. He came to him and said, if you are the son of God, after the Holy Spirit and God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. And he does the same thing with us. This young lady said, I closed my Bible. In other words, I, I, I shut myself off to God's word. See, if you shut yourself off to the word of God, then how are you gonna hear from God? If you close yourself off from what God has spoken, you leave yourself wide open to the attacks of the enemy. Now let's continue to listen to this. That was, the, that was the, the verse that came back to my remembrance. And so I, I let Jesus go for a year so the comforter could come, the spirit of truth. Yes. 
that you're not going to get in the Bible. Those That's the truth of those people who experience that. Could, are they great principles? Absolutely. But I need people to understand there is a truth that you can receive through your own spirit if you're willing to just let Jesus go. What? She said there's a truth you can receive if you let Jesus go. But the word of God says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. First Timothy chapter 2 says there's only one mediator between God and man. We can't mediate for ourselves. We need a savior. And that savior is Christ Jesus. So we can't put Jesus to the side. We can't kick Jesus to the curve and think we just gonna approach God on our own. We need an advocate with the Father. And that's the Lord Jesus. And, and let me just say this. I know I'm getting a little riled up, but but this here, man, this is serious business. Because when you start questioning and going against biblical truth, man, you're on a, a, a very, very slippery, slippery slope. And it's not just the fact that they're saying this. They're saying this on a public platform and people are listening to this. People are buying into this. Lord have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord Jesus, on us, Lord God. Man, y'all, I'm, I'm gonna try to get to the rest of this, but man, this is getting me. When I first heard this, man, I had to, I had to go to my wife and let her listen to it and uh, shout it to a couple of more people. I had to go in prayer because, man, this is the very thing that the Lord Jesus warned us about in Matthew chapter 7 when he said to beware of false prophets and teachers. The very thing that, that Paul and the apostles and the epistles warned us about. This is it. This deconstruction thing, along with, with other things, I'm not saying that this is the only uh, uh, thing out there, but it's one of the major things that the enemy is using today to get people away from salvation, to destroy the faith of believers. Now, I'm going to try to play some more of this, but I can't make no promises. <laughs> Let's go to another clip. God, whatever God is to you, is, is okay with you walking solo for a minute. God's not going to, the real God is not going to have a temper tantrum if you, if you say, I need some time to figure this out. And so that's what I did. I closed my Bible. I closed my church. I let Jesus go for a minute and I went on a journey. And I started to just think, you know, how did I, how did I even get here? Where, where did these beliefs come from? What was the first time I heard these stories? And I just unraveled. I started to just pay attention to nature. I started to pay attention to my dog. I started to pay attention to my grandson. I, I looked at everybody. I looked at my husband differently. And at that moment, I realized, I, I felt that I knew, oh, God is omnipresent. This spirit is everywhere. And it's, it's in everything. And every it's generation. all the time. 
and there's nowhere that I'm going to be that this presence is not. It's even it's even with me, and it's in me, and in, and it's manifesting itself through me as me, right? That is something you're not going to get out of a book or a sermon or the, there are so many downloads that we will receive directly from the Spirit of God if we just allow ourselves to trust that intuitive part of ourselves. And I know we've all been we've been taught not to trust ourselves, not to lean to our own understanding. If you take that first level, that's what we were taught. But I'm saying uh, you were not made uh, outside of the image of God. You're you're made in that image and in that likeness. And if you believe that, you have to also believe that you have the ability to um, to hear the the voice of God outside the confines of religion. And, and, and the Bible and church services. And that's what I did. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. It amazes me. It don't surprise me because the enemy, like I said, has no new tricks in his bag. It's the same old tricks just with a new name on them. She said, we're not going to get this newfound truth or knowledge or revelation from a book. But yet and still, everything that you're saying, you're trying to back up what you're saying, you're using from the Bible. You're talking about how we're made in God's image and likeness. That's the Bible. That's Genesis chapter one. So how you going to use the word of God? to try to discredit the word of God. But that's, like I said, the deception of the enemy. Kingdom people, kingdom people, it's time for us to wake up. <laughs> the enemy ain't playing no games, y'all. He ain't playing. He knows that his time is short. He knows that we're in the last days. He knows we're in the fourth quarter and the two minute warning <laughs> is upon us. Y'all, it's time for us to wake up after church. We got to wake up, y'all. <laughs> it's time out for all these church anniversaries and pastor uh, appreciations and all of these conferences and convocations and all of this stuff like this. Man, it's time. <laughs> like the word says in Romans 13, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And listen, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm way past my time for this episode. We're going to have to do a part two to this because I got some more clips <laughs> and we got some more stuff to talk about. But kingdom people, it's time for us to wake up, to rise up, man, and to stand firm on the word of God. And I'm going to leave you with this scripture. I'm going to leave you with this. Let's flip to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to leave you with this. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord God. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, kingdom people. Be careful then. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Verse 13, you must warn each other each day 
why it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and the hardening against God. And this is what I'm trying to do today. I'm seeking to warn you as the body of Christ, as kingdom people, to beware of this heresy called deconstruction that seeks to kill, steal, and destroy your faith. Verse 14 says this, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Oh, kingdom people, my prayer is that we hold firm to the end the faith that we first believed in. My prayer is that you don't allow the enemy to harden your heart. Is that you beware that your heart becomes evil and unbelieving and turn away from the living God. These folk have allowed the enemy to turn their hearts away from God, away from truth, away from the word of God. And I pray God will have mercy on them in the name of Jesus. Well, until next time, my kingdom people, we gonna continue this conversation, talking about this deconstruction thing. But as always, may the mercy, grace, and peace of God be with you now and into eternity. God bless.